is good color wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And we're just going to have to keep an eye in the background for Jay Hood from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, just because I, I really hope that you are not Dexter Loomis's newest victim. Because here's the problem with that. Like, Dexter's over there. Just letting him do whatever he wants. If he decides to come for you, Jay Hood, that means you're the heel, and we're just going to have to let you go. Like, that's just how that works. <laughs> I want him to attack me so he can stop attacking The Miz. Is this not old yet? How many times are you going to attack The Miz? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> 40 sounds good. We'll keep it there. Um, speaking of the WWE, Seth Rollins has had – a really interesting year, but I'm not sure if it's been a good year. He has main evented the most pay-per-view matches. Now, part of that's the byproduct of Roman Reigns not working a full-time schedule. So, of course, anytime Roman's there, he's going to work the main event. But when he doesn't, Seth Rollins has been the guy that has been called upon to be in that main event. On the other hand, he also doesn't win those main event matches. So, as we sit here about halfway through the month of October... Still a month and a half left, and now he is the new United States champion coming off the pay-per-view loss, turns around, gets the win, Monday Night Raw over Bobby Lashley. How do we feel about Seth Rollins' year? Has this been a good year for Seth freaking Rollins? Well, I, I would say that it's a good year even though he finally has is a champion. Um, even in the losses to Cody and everything that we've seen from him, guys, I still think – because the crowd's behind him, because he puts in good work. I think it has been a good year. I think that this, for him at the moment, is the cherry on the Sunday. But we go back to the Ariel Hawani interview, um, Brian, that we saw that I thought was interesting, where he said, yeah, we're in the era of Roman. There's not much I could do about it. Like He just says that if I can be the second banana here and be able to get over that way, that he's fine with it. He seemed distraught, but also kind of honest with himself, saying, this is Roman's time, and it's not my time. He's cool being the WWE, but also, I mean, him being the United States champion, I guess that's great, but it still doesn't make him the face of the company. But he is one of the faces of the company, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. He said he's the edge to Roman Cena. He's the savage to Roman's Hogan. And he seems to sort of accept that. And I think, you know, one of the things we've made a big deal about over the past few years is wins and losses matter in wrestling. But this is sort of showing they don't as long as it's all the way one way. Like Vince was so big on the 50-50 booking of, hey, you know, Rollins is going to lose to Cody, but he's going to beat him the next night. Everyone's going to go home happy. But I feel like by him losing every single pay-per-view, 0 for 5 this year, it's building up to a bigger moment. And we've talked so much about who's going to knock off Roman it's sort of going down that way. It feels like we have a good story arc now if it's eventually Seth getting that win. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be somebody, right? At some point, that has to end. Like, it, it, I don't know when it's going to end. It could very well go past this upcoming WrestleMania. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the Bloodline. It's a fun storyline and the way they've been able to invigorate different talent within it, starting with the Usos. And now you've got Solo Sokoa, obviously the Paul Heyman. He's in, he's out, now he's back in. Um, and of course, Sammy and the work Sammy's doing with the bloodline, like they found ways to make the bloodline such an entertaining storyline on both Raw and SmackDown. It makes sense to keep it rolling, at least for now. So yeah, I, look, if, if you are being viewed as not the top guy, but one of the top guys in the company of the of the top company in all of professional wrestling. Yeah, that's. That's going to be a good year. They trust you in those spots. That's what it says to me. It's what we talked about when they put Kevin Owens in that spot in WrestleMania 
against Steve Austin. When Stone Cold comes back, hey, they trust you in that spot. They know you're going to deliver. So they know that Seth is going to deliver. And maybe he wants more. I'm not sure. I mean, he's he's just at that spot where, yeah, he knows he's going to deliver, doesn't necessarily need the championship. If you come with a good storyline to get him there, fantastic. And maybe you're right, Brian. Maybe they've, they're starting to hint at this. Since they have, even though apparently there's some backstage heat on them, now a direct, a, a cre- you know, a, a director of long-term creative, and and WWE certainly trying to drop more of these hints, like we just saw with Bray Wyatt, where you can tell some of these, oh, we've got this, we can play this back later if we decide we want to do this. If you're one of the pillars of the company, Gabe, you'll take it. If you're one of those. You know, great eight. And that's how they used to do it back in the day with uh, booking. It's like the champions and then the contenders. And so he's one of the champions now. But still, even in losses, I still think they saw him as part of the, you know, part of the pillars of the company. I I go back to the days where he was under like Triple H and Stephanie, that era, that that whole thing. It's it's he was champion at that time, wasn't he? But it just Yeah, the authority. Yeah, but but I think that he will have a second act, and here's why. I think he'll have a second act because Vince isn't there anymore. You know, Vince, Vince is good with the heavyweight champion being a part-time champion. At this point in time, that's Roman Reigns to an extent, but definitely it was Brock for a long time too. So I think under Triple H, I think that we will see after, after Roman, you'll see the heavyweight champion more often in matches. And maybe that could be Roman for his future, where it's someone who actually is on the road, someone who's always around and not just there for the pop-up major events for the WWE. Yeah, that's the well, thing. Like he's gonna compare himself to Savage and Edge, and you know, obviously Triple H even. Like Triple H, The Rock, and Hogan, The Rock and Austin. Not bad comparisons if you're Seth Rollins. No, no, not a bad spot to be. And being United States Champion in the Roman era, like it's it's kind of it, it's weird, right? Like because he's not the guy, but the guy's not around all that often anymore because that's the contract that he was able to negotiate for himself. Good for him. But now what Triple H has been doing has been elevating those mid-card titles. So the Intercontinental Champion, uh, Gunther, who has done tremendous work with Imperium, and now I mean Bobby Lashley and everything that he was doing, fighting and challenging and, and defending that thing every single week on Monday Night Raw, that you are one of the faces, if not the face of Monday Night Raw when Roman's not there. And what, Roman's not there 75% of the time? So, I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good spot to be where you're the guy that they're looking to for television time and they need to figure out who we tell them stories around. Seth ends up being that guy nine times out of ten. Oh, let's put it this way. Taking a look at all the wrestlers in the world. Is Seth Rollins in the top ten? I'd say he's in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I'm putting together a top ten list, yeah. He's there. Okay. I mean, he's probably, I mean, he's probably back in. I don't know if he's top five, but, yeah, he's in the ten. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, if I'm Seth Rollins, I take that. I, I I guess his frustration probably is this: is like, okay, so I'm the work now. I'm the the workman, the workers' worker. You know, meaning that hey, I can take on anybody, and I can face anybody. I can lose to anybody. I can put people over. I put myself over. I'm you know, I got I'm charismatic. People like me. Um, you know, even I'm supposed to be healing. People still seeing my song. I mean, so. To me, I think that he has an accomplished career, but I still think that there's more to give in this Triple H era. This is why this is fascinating during this time, because with Vince, all three of us knew and all our listeners knew, like, okay, well, the heavyweight champion is going to be a part-time guy. It's going to be Brock. It's, it's going to be you know Goldberg, someone like that. But with Seth, though, 
I think that he can break out of just being a guy that can get others over. Like the Cody thing that we covered where he lost three straight, it's it's surprised, I think, all of us that he couldn't get one win out of that. But he got Cody over, and now he's injured. But I think Seth will be rewarded for that. I mean, the U.S. championship is one thing, but I see him as heavyweight champion somewhere down the line. It's tough because when you take a – when 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 you go into those situations with you know Cody Rhodes, like it's it's a compliment because hey, we need Cody's coming in. We need to put him over somebody big, right? Like we got to make sure Cody's making an impact. So he's got to go so over one of your bigger guys, and that's okay. Great compliment to Seth Rollins, but then Seth also ends up losing essentially to a one armed man at the end of that feud, which doesn't look great for Seth. Right. You know, it's it and it's a fine line, and I'm glad they gave him the U.S. Championship. Because there's a fine line you can walk that for a while before you become Dolph Ziggler, right? Before you become the guy that he's a former champ. And every once in a while when we debut somebody, not as as big as a Cody, but we debut somebody else and we want to make it an impact, then he ends up going over Dolph. And oh, and then all of a sudden, oh, Dolph, he's a former champ. That's a big win in your, in your WWE debut. So there's a fine line to walk there. So to give him one of the other championships that you have and you've been trying to prop up to me, that's good. And it helps avoid that scenario. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the important part is like you said, Gabe, these titles actually matter now. And he's made it clear. It's not that he's upset. Like it's just sort of the competitive nature of him. But if you play the grass is always greener and look at other places, is Mox having that much of a better year than Rollins? Cause Mox is obviously guy number one in AEW, but is it that much better than Rollins? Um. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'd say yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot better, or are they close? Like, I'm, I'm the last mark of the show, so I don't know if you can take what I say. Like, I mean, I, I'm 100 percent yes, but you know, maybe I maybe I have a bias coming into that debate. Okay. Maybe you have a bias. <laughs> You're the only one on, the, on this panel that has a mock shirt. We don't have a mock shirt. No, no. <laughs> have a mock shirt. When I, start, when I start cutting myself, or I start, you know cut myself open the hard way during the show, that's when you know I've gone too far. Like, okay, now we need to have Gabe seek professional help. He's he's looking up to John Moxley way too much. <laughs> you know, no, I think, well, look, a multi-time AEW champion, what value do you have in that, bro? It's, that's the question. Like, do you feel like they, being a, the top guy in AEW is as good as this U.S. title reign that Seth has had or this drought that Seth has had? Seth is the third of the three of the Shield. He just is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I just feel like like if you envision him in AEW, him being the Cody and going the other way, yes, he's the top guy there. But like I just feel like from a mainstream standpoint, I don't know if it's that different. And obviously because he's a heel, you don't see him on as many things. But Rollins is easily a marketable guy that you can put on any award show right now and represent the WWE. I agree. I agree with that. I Here's what I wonder. What do you think? That Seth Rollins would be in AEW. Would he be with? Would he be battling with Brian Danielson and the the uh, Blackpool Club? Would he be battling for the heavyweight championship? What does that look like? Seth Rollins is it a little bit less sports entertainment? Is he still dancing around? Is he still doing that, or is that more serious? And what does that look like in AEW? I think we get a little bit more serious, Seth. Like, I think we get a little bit more elevated, like, to compare him to somebody else in AEW, I think Seth would be just an elevated um, hangman Adam Page. Hmm. 
I would say he's more punk in AEW. Like, you go out there, you put on bangers, you have some promos, you do your thing. Like, I say more punk, less Jericho. More punk, less Jericho. Well, Seth is a better worker. That That's for sure. Is he not? Yep. Current day, yes. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm only... That's what we're talking about. Like, if he went right okay. now, you know, that's... Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's a better worker than all time than Jericho. Okay. Like, Jericho's right. been doing this for 30 years and keeps reinventing himself every other week. No, no, I said I said punk. Like, like Rollins is a better worker than CM Punk, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I just wonder what that looks like. I, I, I've seen him when he when he was Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. I said, this guy's going to be something. I didn't know he'd blossom into this. And so, it's been a fine career. It's just that I wonder if he was in the other company, how close would he be to the title? Now, here's the thing. It's Tony Khan. You'll find anybody from anybody from the WWE, the NXT, NXT UK, uh, you know, what, whatever. NXT, a uh, level up. Whatever show that they have, right? He'll find WWE guys to put him on his TV. But uh, I, I think that that would be fascinating. I wonder, has he ever been frustrated to think, hmm, maybe I should go to the other side to see? Or maybe he's a well, WWE lifer. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he could, I mean, he would be instantly, as if Mox is the champ when he made the jump. And I have no idea what Seth Rollins' contract situation is or how long John Moxley's going to have the title. But if Mox were champ, like from the jump, like Seth Rollins, John Moxley, like doing an actual feud the right way instead of the Moxley wearing gas masks, trying to get vaccinations pre-pandemic before, you know, he goes out to the crowd and everybody's like, you know, this could be cool. And why are we ruining this? And, you know, actually having a Seth Rollins and John Moxley feud, or you know, doing it right, like he would be in the main event almost instantaneously just because of this history that he has with the top guy in AEW. We like to dive into the other things in the world of professional wrestling as well. The other top three stories, we like to call it the three count. What do we have this week, Brian, at number one? We'll start on Raw. A couple of returns on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Brock Lesnar and Good Brothers both returning. So which return are you more excited for, Brock or the Good Brothers? We'll leave out Sean Spears, who uh, returned last night on Dynamite. Um, before we do... You know, like Sean hit the weight room, right? Like Sean, Sean looked a little more jacked than I remember him last time I saw him on AEW television. Was there anything uh, not on Dynamite last night, by the way? No, I mean you got to milk that for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah. they, hey, hey, in, in fairness, when WWE was there, they found a way to get Sammy and and KO on the same show as well. Yeah. So, you, you, hey, when you're in Canada, you got to lean into what you got. <laughs> Edge was up there, you know, like you always make sure you get, you break out the Canadians. And sometimes if you're AEW, break out the new one with Renee Paquette. But anyway, going back to Monday Night Raw, uh, the one I'm excited for the most is Brock Lesnar. It's like not even close. Like the Good Brothers, like I, I guess it could be different because it's Triple H booking it this time around. But I, I, I just, I've seen him in WWE. I'm not that excited. Like, do I think that instantly now the Good Brothers are going to be competing for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships against the Usos? Sure, maybe they get a match, but I don't think there's a chance that they win them. Like, I just don't see what the Good Brothers are other than temporary backup for AJ Styles in his feud against Judgment Day. Like Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar being back, he's an attraction. Always is. I'm interested, especially since the last time we saw him, he brought a damn tractor to the ring. Like, who knows what Brock is capable of at this point? Who knows what he's going to do in his feud against Bobby Lashley? I'm all in on Brock. 
So, so Broitz, I want you to go ahead and tell us why the answer is the Good Brothers for you. You know, you 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 pushed this Good Brothers narrative on the show a couple times, <laughs> and and Gabe and I keep shitting on it, and you just keep bringing. It <laughs> but, but but tell me what I'm missing. Like, you tell me why you think that that's better than Brock, or, wh- or why they're even in the company. So this might surprise you. I mean, it was a big deal in the season premiere, but for me, like. It's neither of them. Like, I've seen the Brock attraction. I agree. Like, I don't think there's anything to the Good Brothers. Like, I think there could be, but I good don't brothers think Good Brothers I mean, we haven't seen the tag team division <laughs> elevated that much from Triple H. Like, if it were a legit tag division, then yes. But I, I think, yeah, they're just going to be a comedy act in six months. Well, don't let us pressure you. I mean, you're the one no, keep I bringing just... it up. <laughs> I mean, it was hey. a big debut. He groups it with Brock, but to uh, me, I, I don't see it. I don't see it this time around. Like, I almost wanted them to go elsewhere. Like, I was surprised to see them on Raw. Carl Anderson currently holds a New Japan singles title, which he's defending on November 5th, apparently. We think mm-hmm. that's still happening. It's being advertised. So My guess is he drops it. If I had to, if I had to guess, unless <laughs> unless Triple H worked something out, then suddenly things get really interesting. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, they're good workers. They, I don't know. Like, I'm not that excited though. Uh, to tell you the truth, and I always do on the show. Yeah. I um, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it, I it's, a good pol- it. it's a good policy, especially <laughs> in wrestling. Um, I um, uh, when they were in New Japan, guys, and, and just kind of watching them along with the Young Bucks, and uh, you know, uh, we, we've seen a number of wrestlers be part of New Japan and part of that whole thing that they were doing with the bullet club and all of it was just kind of homogenized mixture of nx of um of nwo and dx to me and it just it 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 never felt like something that was original does that make sense it just when Mm -hmm. i see those two like and and i'll say what i said when you brought him up before carl anderson can work he's a hell of a worker but just like i just that whole act i saw them in impact they look bigger than life and it just didn't fit there Saw them in in New Japan and just like yeah, I know they're part of a gaijin, um, you know, um, faction that really got over in New Japan. I just I see them in WWE and it's just kind of like been there, done that. And yeah. they just don't do anything for me. And it, and actually, quite frankly, that might slow down the progress of, of AJ Styles too. If you're if they're just there to take on the Judgment Day and if that's it, like what else after that? AJ Styles still can go. He, I mean, he's still a ter- tremendous singles wrestler. Does he need those two around to, to battle the Judgment Day? And then after that feud, what? So that that's that's why the answer is Brock Lesnar is because Brock, even though you can't tell with him with the hat, is he a heel against Lashley? Is a ba- I don't know. I just know he showed up and it, suddenly he went after Lashley. And that kind of had heel vibes to me. So if that's the matchup, we haven't seen that in a while, let's see it. Yeah, I'm all in on that. And by the way, if after the feud with Judgment Day, Triple H, the answer is not trios championships. Like trios belts, <laughs> don't need them. Please don't do it. I'm begging you, please. You're fine. You just got to find a way to break up the, you know, you're, you're doing great, Trips. Just don't dr- ruin it with a, a trios tournament of any kind that now you have to also jam that into the show. Because that's what it feels like for the Good Brothers. It feels like the Good Brothers are there to take the loss, protect AJ Styles, because he's now in this feud but you don't, I mean, I don't think that the Good Brothers are are a threat to Dom or Finn or, um, uh, or I've got, I'm blanking on the third member of, uh, of Judgment Priest. Day right now. Yeah, or Damian Priest. Like those, Priest. Yeah. 
yeah, you're, those guys are just going to keep ascending. Like you're telling, you're, you're doing a, a surprisingly good job with Judgment Day. Let's keep it going. I was very skeptical when they, you know, kicked Edge out. I'm, I'm actually finding them entertaining ever since they got Dom to switch over and, and, and become a member. So I, I can't imagine that the Good Brothers are the ones who are going to stop the momentum there. Hey, uh, Sean, uh, I got an idea. Uh, <laughs> we got about, uh, you know, a lot of talent here about some uh, – Six-man tag team champions. Uh, <laughs> Six-man. How about that? <laughs> How about that? That I mean, would make it different. All of a sudden, you change the name. You're like, oh, I've never seen these before. <laughs> WWE World, you make it seem like it's the first time they've ever had it in professional wrestling. <laughs> Is that right? You yeah. make it in your life. You know, yeah. have a tournament. You know, because right. that, that, a six-man tag team or trios tag team tournament, that certainly gets over. Yeah, to see I mean, that over and over again. The, the crazy part is, is Triple H has actually like built up a bunch of these. Like you have Imperium, you've got the Brawling Brutes. Suddenly you have the Good Brothers along with AJ Styles. You've got the Judgment Day. Like Bloodline. you've you've got yeah Bloodline. If if Big E comes back, like you you almost had like somehow he accidentally. And I know this was a tweet that uh, WWE creative ish account tweeted out. If you don't follow it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very funny. I highly recommend it. You know, like Triple H is like somehow accidentally built the trios division again. Though the answer is not trios titles. You can just have hey, just have them freebird. Have them do the freebird rules. Go after tag titles. We're cool with that. We've seen that with with uh, the new day. Let's just keep rolling with that. You know what the hottest era in wrestling to Triple H is? It's the era that he wrestled in. Yeah, you know what he wrestled in? We had all these factions. Remember, like you got mm-hmm. Nation of Domination, DX, Bariquas, all these yeah. different factions, right? So all he knows is, you know, when I was wrestling, this was pretty hot. So don't be surprised you start seeing some of this stuff. Now, obviously, there's no Rock, there's no Stone Cold, there's no Jr. at ringside, but you got Kevin Patrick. Uh, but the point is, though, is that you do have things that reminded him of, hey, this is was hot. Years ago when I wrestled, let's try to implement it here. And so that's what it looks like to me. All those factions back in the late in the mid to late 90s. And here we go again in 2022. I'm cool with it, by the way. I, I enjoy the faction storytelling. It's a way to get more people involved. And I, I've enjoyed what he's done with those factions. Because and we'll get to it, you know, spoiler alert, we'll get to it at the end of the show. But the weekend up between Friday and Saturday that Imperium and the Brawling Brutes had was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun on Friday, and it was a lot of fun on Saturday. So they're they're definitely hitting some good notes when it comes to the uh, the factions that they've they've been building. What do we have at number two on the three count? Speaking of titles, AEW Dynamite ended last night with Orange Cassidy knocking off Pac to win the AEW All Atlantic title, the first singles title for Orange Cassidy. So fill in the blank. Orange Cassidy winning his first AEW singles title is blank. Well, I would say before answering the question, I really love that Burowitz has a commitment to the show, doing the show in the spotlight of a, ga- a Texaco gas station. I got a real light. <laughs> I think it's very good. And he has there's a spotlight right through the windshield right there. Ominous. I don't know what that is. Okay, so then that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to look out for Dexter Loomis. He's got to look out for Bray Wyatt. Like, you guys are just not safe at all. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Gabe. What do you think? It's fine. 
Um, it's it. I think it's good for the crowd last night. They were hot for it. But Orange Cassidy, I don't know what stories you tell with him as champ. Like to me, he seems like he's just a short time champion where you can tell stories where maybe he chases down, he cares for a little bit. But like, I think it'd be really hard to tell a story about a champion who doesn't care when you're trying to pitch wins and losses matter, championships matter. Like that's kind of a direct contradiction. And, and certainly we've seen, Hey, orange Cassidy, when you piss him off, like he can, you know, you go after the best friends, you go after, um, are they still in chaos? Is that still a thing or because new Japan's not around, we're, we're pretending it's not. Okay. Um, I'm lost. It's AW. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but we've seen if you go after one of somebody he's aligned himself with, like, he, okay, now he can care. Now he can motivate himself. But that seems like it's just a short-term one-match thing. I don't think you can find ways to, oh, he's going to be motivated this time, this and this and this. Um, so it, it, it's cool that he was able to do it because he's put on some really good matches with Pac. I just don't see him as being a long-term singles champion, no matter what championship belt you put on. Hmm. Well, I guess, guys, this is the first time that we can say this because it's his first singles championship. So is the All-Atlantic Championship a comedy title? Mm. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, like Because Gabe just laid it out perfectly. So – if someone challenges you, do you, are you going to bark back to build up the championship, or are you giving the mild thumb? Like, I, like so. But here's the here's the th- difference, though. Every, a lot of people are behind him because of his indifference. Because he's not, he has he has fire when he, when he wants to show fire. The whole gimmick is I don't care. But then when you see him in the ring, it's like, okay, I'm going to be indifferent at the beginning. Then it's go time. Then he's one of the best workers in that company. It's an interesting dynamic. But as far as building up a championship, the championship is what it is. It is a third or fourth level championship in that company. I wish it was more. But with um, Orange, if he's not going to evolve and say something and fight for himself, that is what it is. That sounds more like comedy than uh, him being a forceful champion. See, I think that's fair, but like the word I would use is validating. So Sean Ross after that, he's had eight other single title attempts, like trying to win titles. And the way we've seen him perform, like he worked Osprey at Forbidden Door. So now to actually put a title on him, maybe it's sort of the character change. Like he still has his Orange Cassidy tendencies, but maybe he cares a little bit more, sort of his thing, and the title is what brings it out of him. Yeah, he's got to evolve. And look, I'm I'm not knocking the gimmick. I enjoy the gimmick. Yeah. I think it's I, you know, and he has found a way to get over with it. People, as you said, Jay Hood, people absolutely love it. But it's it's a gimmick that doesn't need a championship, you know. And it good for him because I'm I'm glad they did give him his flowers because yes, he has worked. I mean, he's been one of the guys since the beginning over at AEW who has worked and has had great feuds, but they have always had that twist of comedy. He had a really good feud with Jericho, but the blow-off match was a mimosa match where somebody had to get dunked in a pool of mimosa. So, like, that, you know, there's <laughs> there's always just that, that, that little twist of comedy that's always going to go with Orange Cassidy, and that's not a bad thing. It goes back to Brian Danielson talking about the reason why he worked in WWE is because it was a variety show. If you have a bunch of Brian Danielsons, it doesn't work. If you have a bunch of big shows, it doesn't work. But because you can kind of interchange everything, you need Orange Cassidy's in your company. But Orange Cassidy's not going to be AEW world champion, but he still serves a role. He serves a really good role for AEW. I, I just don't see him as a long-term champ. I don't know who goes over him at this point. 
it's cool that he's got it. I'm sure he'll, you know, on, on Dynamite, when he comes out next Wednesday, I'm sure it'll pop because people will be excited that he's he's got that championship belt. But it's a little, to bring up this guy again, once Hangman caught the, the, the AEW World Championship, okay, now what do we do from here? Right. It has the same feel to me. Yeah, you can put the title on anybody, but it, as you're right, Gabe, what do you do from there? Like, what you hey, anybody can be champion, but does the championship make you or do you make the champion? Like, uh, your point is is well made. I can't make a better point than here's a gimmick here that doesn't need a championship. Ultimately, it's Tony Khan saying, and thanks for all, everything that you've done. Your merchandise sales, I'm, I'm sure it's it's got to be top five in that company for sure. Um, oh, yeah. And people really like him. And so I, I so the answer to the question, and I'm filling out the blank, it's just long overdue for him that he was able to get something out of this. It, it's an All-Atlantic Championship that all three of us have looked, uh, given a side eye to, but still, he's a champion. And so, you know, for a show that really needs something in uh, Rampage, he could be the face of Rampage. He's a, he, he actually he's a guy that probably shouldn't even be on Dynamite as much. If he if he's one of the faces of Rampage, they need to have something. That show's suffering. And I know it's yeah. Friday night, but, you know, the, the one thing that I want to point out is, and we've seen this, and we don't talk ratings very often as far as wrestling guys, but if wrestling fans want to find it, man, they will find you. If it's good, they will find you. You know, we hear from all these other pundits about, you know, the ratings will be down because of the Major League Baseball playoffs or because of college football or the NFL on Thursday. Man, look, if it's good, we'll go find it. We don't, and, and, and we'll watch it live because there's nothing more loyal than us as wrestling fans. If, if So for, for Orange Cassidy, he could be, to me, bro, it's a, a go-to guy on one of those shows like a Rampage so people can enjoy him in his title reign. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, the other part, I mean, I feel like it's starting off on the wrong foot. Like, at least to me, I was annoyed last night because it felt like the win was telegraphed. The fact that they were main eventing, like, when I saw Jericho and Brian open up basically the 9 o'clock hour, I was like, let me give these guys an hour and bump everything to Rampage. And then they did, and I was like, oh, so Cassidy's going to win, so they can end the show. Like, that felt a little weird, but, like, he's still so over, and so is Danhausen. And, like, they haven't really explained... <laughs> that well like what their relationship is but like dan housen was a big part of that match last night and one of the aew's biggest issues is when things are hot they tend to get away from them a little bit too much so maybe this is the one they're actually going to ride and say okay let's take this hot hand and see where it takes us yeah but shivani ruined it though he ruined it you remember this right there he's got the mask on he's got a hat yeah. on and his mask is barely it's dan housen like, <laughs> yeah he's still unfit they're still taking the stuff off of him and it's like Okay, you spoil that, and yeah. then of course it's Danhausen. Of course, and <laughs> had to curse him. Had, you know, somebody had to curse Pac so so Orange Cassidy could win. Like, but again, in Danhausen, it's a comedy act. Yeah, but it's super over, and people absolutely love it. It has a place on the show. Um, yeah, I was surprised that it main evented last night, but it just kind of went to the, the little bit of disjointed nature of of last night's Dynamite, where it was kind of. Yeah. All over the place. Oh, did you think it was disjointed? Did you get that from my text? Did you see? They, you, you see my frustration the first thirty minutes of that damn show. Like you start off with a banger, right? A good match, but then you get to this Matt Hardy like office thing. Like that has no play. Nobody cares if Matt Hardy's going to be with what's the assistant? What's the guy's name? Jose. Jose, the assistant, right? No, <laughs> nobody cares about, like, why is that after a match? Why is that the, the next thing? If, if, if I mean, that screams Rampage. 
It does. Yeah. Like nobody cares about this, that whole thing. And then all of a sudden, here comes Prince Nana. Here comes an ROH angle. Who knows about that? Like, does that have anything to do with AEW? See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you're watching the show and you're like, I thought I was watching AEW. Here's an ROH guy. Here's another ROH guy. Like, what, what is this we're watching? Disjointed is the word. That's correct, yeah. sir. Yeah. I mean, but it, and I guess at least it brought out FTR. Fair. I and guess. we got Sean Spears back. Everyone was, you know, really angling for Sean Spears <laughs> to come back. Everyone was really missing him. Like, yeah, how was how, how was FTR's tag team match? Great match, huh? Yeah. Well, how was that? How was this, How was the match last night? Like, I will say to your Matt Hardy point. I think I'd be okay never seeing Matt Hardy again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? With his lifestyle, you might you might get something there. You, you know what? It's, it's not it working. Play. Like they tried. I know he was up against it. Like it didn't help him debuting in the empty arena, but like. It just hasn't worked in AEW. No, it seems like everything they've tried, you know, and, and supposedly they, he was going to get some tag team run with his brother and yeah. then the stuff with Jeff happened and it just kind of, it kind of derailed everything and they're trying to find stuff for Matt and I don't know, maybe, maybe Matt should be trying out some commentary on Elevation or Dark and, you know, maybe you can work him in that way. I, I don't know if you want to find a way to find, get Matt useful, but him, him once again, teaming up with Private Party, like I saw that once. I wasn't super interested when y'all were heels. Definitely not interested now that you're kind of baby faces, I guess. Um, yeah. And by the way, I am also seeing way too much of Smart Mark Sterling on my on my television screen. I, mean, I am. I mean, he's doing what you, but he's doing what his job is. If you hate him and he's on TV, that's good. Yeah, that's true. If he's getting on your nerves, that's great. Uh, and as a side note, by the way, with uh, Private Party. Get a little nervous about the whole selling of the contract, selling two guys for another guy thing. Uh, maybe you want to get, do away with that in 2022. Yeah. Eh, just the whole <laughs> selling the, the guys to some other, you know, to some other part. Eh, you know, you might, you, might, you might want to do this. It's not Juneteenth, but I'm just saying, you know, you might want to just be careful. Close enough. Eh, it's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> I know that back in <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. If the, why don't you let those two kids just do what they do, huh? Yeah. Dark elevation. So that's the crazy part. So I knew nothing about Private Party. Like, I knew nothing about Private Party when I when AEW started. And they're in that tag tournament right away. And they're the ones who beat the Young Bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'm into these guys. Like, they can go in the yeah. ring. They are fantastic. Just let them go. Let them, like, just let them go into yeah. the ring and wrestle instead of having people fight over who owns them. Crazy idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they were standing still as we were watching them. Just stand, They are just standing still in their career. I mean, nothing's yeah. happening. with that. That's a nothing-happening storyline for that to be in the first half hour of the show. That aggravated me because, like, your first time in Toronto, you're going to do this? Really? Okay. Yeah, it just, it just yeah. There was, there was a lot there. Again, but they the, the, the opening segment, great. The stuff that they got going on with Danielson and Garcia, what they told with that last night. Again, maybe a little telegraph because they decided to do it in the middle of the show that Garcia was going to turn on. But, again, that's fine. I'm cool with it because – it advances the storyline in a meaningful way, and the the end was great. There's just some filler stuff in there that really just does not make a ton of sense. What do we have at number three on the three count? 
All right, guys, Matt Cardona in an interview with Metro UK says, quote, right now I'm trying to prove you don't necessarily need to be in WWE or AEW to be a successful pro wrestler. He also added that the WWE championship is still a goal of his, and he, of course, would answer a call from Triple H, but he's not actively trying to go back to the WWE. So do you need WWE or AEW to get over? I, I kind of want to say I, I'm leaning towards no, you don't. But you just become even – I love wrestling. We're a niche audience. But we're a very loyal audience, as, as you pointed out earlier, Jay hood But we're a niche audience, and, and I know that. And now if you're not in one of those two companies who have a good television contract and are easily accessible, it becomes really hard to get over. I – I, I see on social media some of the stuff that Matt Cardona has been doing. I see when he gets over in some other places and wins championships. And I saw he wants to win some inaugural tournament belt thing on Jericho's cruise. That's the next thing that he wants. I, I just I don't think you can get all the way over at this point because that path was blazed and that by Cody and the Bucks and the show that they put on at in Chicago initially, the first all-in, and then that eventually led to AEW. And I just feel like because they did that and created AEW out of it, they blazed that path. And I just don't know that it can be recreated because there's going to be a disconnect of – because I have – I'm following AEW. I'm following WWE. It's going to be really hard for me to keep track of what you're doing as well all the time, Matt Cardona. I'll catch it here and there, but it's going to be tough for me to really keep an eye on everything you're doing. Okay, so let's go deep in the weeds in our business. Okay, so you can strive to be an ESPN employee or a Beasley employee or someone that works for Odyssey, and you try to get to one of the big radio companies in the in the business. And if you don't get there, what's the next step? The next step is to be a sports talk YouTube star. Right, and to the point where people see your numbers and say, "Hey, digitally, even though this person doesn't have a radio um, platform, this person here is getting over based on the numbers." Every time that person turns on the camera and ranting about sports or entertainment or whatever, look at those numbers! Wow, look how I mean. So this person's getting more um, clicks than someone that's on radio or television doing the same thing. So that person that a programmer looks at and says, boy, that person is a hot free agent. That person is getting all kind of attract for all over the country, all over the world. People are watching that person's YouTube show. That is Matt Cardona. That's who he is. He's not in WWE. He's not in AEW, but he's this hot free agent in which he might show up in MLW. He could be the NWA champion. He could be, you know, in new Japan. He could be in all these other indie, he could be in, uh, in um, GCW. Mm-hmm. Game changer wrestling, so you know, in your backyard uh, for an indie, you never know. But it makes him a hot free agent. So the more people are watching what he does online all, and being a belt collector, the more an AEW or WWE will say, you know what? Everywhere you go, people know who you are because even though you're not part of our companies, you're a hot star. And then that person, like a Matt Cardona, can name his price, just like that YouTube star can can name his or her price. Hey, I got. 45 million people watching me every day do whatever. Okay, well, we want you to work for us. Well, I name my price. I think Ted Cordona can name his price if Triple H uh, picked up the phone or if Tony Khan picked up the phone. 
because he is hot. Yeah, to that point, like, I think in terms of getting over, he is over enough that he can have this lifestyle. He can be successful and not need the companies. Like, I agree he can go anywhere he wants, but he's probably not going to be watched that much. And to your point, Gabe, I think Cody and the Bucks sort of carved that path. But once AEW became a thing, all of a sudden the wrestling fan attention, you know, we're watching five to eight hours of wrestling a week now between the two companies, but there's just one. I feel like the indie boom was a little bit bigger because now it's like, oh, I want to watch something else. I don't want to just watch Vince. And that elevates the Bucks. That elevates Cody to where how many people are really seeking out every single Matt Cardona match? Do you think somebody, let's say somebody started from scratch, because I think Matt Cardona also benefits because, I mean, he spent time in WWE and he got himself over in WWE as the internet champion, eventually became US champion, and as the Zack Ryder character. Like, he got yeah, himself slap, over. He's on an indie show you slap after his name formerly known as. And people are like, oh, yeah. yeah, I have seen that guy on TV before. So, I, and I think that helps, right? Like, to a certain extent. Just like, I don't think the Bucks. Now, AEW doesn't exist without Bucks, Omega, and, and Cody. And it doesn't exist without, A, Cody's last name being Rhodes, and B, him being in WWE. Right, like th there's some recognition there. So, do you think there's somebody that can just rise from the indies and kind of get to a level that Matt Cardone is at without wrestling for one of those two companies and having that recognition to just the and, and, and again, this is still a niche group, but a casual wrestling fan, you yes. know? So, yeah, yeah. What, what's that kid's name in Portland that wrestles for Defy? Uh, Justin Wayne or something, something Wayne. Nick Wayne. But Buddy Wayne's kid, like uh, yeah. that that kid, the kid Wayne. We told we told you the prodigy who's like yeah. 18, 17, uh, yeah, 18. Yeah, he might just be about to turn 18. Well, I mean, the other, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. Yeah. There's another name. See, see I, I think uh, here's the difference. Here's the big question I have for both of you. What is more important? Uh, well, if you are a wrestler, what's more important, getting TV time, an AEW or WWE, or, or being able to name your own schedule and still make a gainful uh, living as a wrestler. Because Matt Cardona is, is picked the other lane and says, I can make six figures or more in the indies by naming my own schedule versus getting three to five minutes on WWE, traveling, and never being able to get over. And AEW, too. If Matt Cardona was in either company, he'd be in the same spot. Mm -hmm. He would be. He'd be a mid-carder. How about that? Yeah, no, I agree with that, but I think to, to your question about building yourself up, like Will Ospreay, we know, is the best wrestler in the world. To the AEW audience, which is a lot more inside, everyone knows he's the best wrestler in the world. If Will Ospreay was in the Rumble as a surprise entrant, does that get a massive reaction from a crowd, from a WWE crowd? Yes. You th cause that think Because that audience is a casual audience. Like, yes, there are the hardcores there, but that is more casual. I think there are enough people at the Rumble who recognize – so I, I guess I look at it this way. At this point, we kind of know who the rumors are, right, of who's right. going to be there. And every year, I have people come over to my house for the Royal Rumble. It's like bigger for, – for my friends, they love it more. Like my friends who don't watch wrestling, they love it more than WrestleMania just because the Royal Rumble is just this random crazy event that it's, it's stupid and it's fun. It's fantastic. So I always have people come over to my house for the Rumble, not for Mania. And I'll catch them up as the hardcore wrestling fan, like, oh, here's what to look out for. This guy could be a surprise. Here's why it'd be a cool surprise. And if you're going to the Royal Rumble, what percent of people are aware of who Will Ospreay is? 
I mean, think about the think about the the ovation that AJ Styles got when he appeared, and I know he had the Impact background as well when Impact was more bigger yeah. than what it is now. Yeah. But I mean, he had really made himself the hottest free agent by wrestling in New Japan. I got to imagine that Will Ospreay would get a similar reaction if he showed up at the Rumble than AJ Styles did, whatever that was, six seven years ago. Now here's the difference, guys, between the Rumble and Raw. If he showed up in a random Raw in Wichita, they'd say, "Who's that?" Because right. that is the that is the crowd. If yes. It's, so you know that people will. Is that's in San Antonio at the Dome? So yeah. people will travel. So that'll be independent wrestling fans. That'll be people internationally. They'll fly in for the Rumble because they know how big it is and it's a dome. He will get quite the ovation. And there will be some people still. It's like I'm not sure who that is, but I think a lot of the fans at a big dome like that. They'll know who Will Ospreay is if he's in the Rumble, for sure. But the same thing with Matt Cardona, though. See, to me, Cardona comes in, some would remember him from the WWE, but I think he'd get an ovation also if he was an entrant in the Rumble as well. If he goes to WWE, do they make him be Zack Ryder again? Yes, because they own the name. (laughs) Well, but I guess that 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 was a Vince thing. Right, like Vince made sure that he owned all those names. Is Triple H going to follow that, or is he going to, hey, you've gotten over as Matt Cardona as your actual name? Let's let you use that. Because clearly, there were some when when Cody came back, like there were some things that Cody then was allowed to do that nobody else was. He was absolutely actually able to say the words wrestling. Hell, it said it in his it says it in his opening. You know, so there were there were certain things that he gave Cody. You know, Cody didn't have to come back as Stardust. You know, he got yeah, to come back Cody as Cody Rhodes. PG, like. Cardona is an ECW character right now. Like, I don't think that flies on WWE television. Like, they were censoring a holy shit chant on Monday. Like, the amount of the dump button was, like, really getting pushed, like, on the chant. I'm like, what is happening right now? So, like, I don't think this version of Cardona works on Raw. I thought that Raw was going to be TV 14. What happened to that? I don't know. I, I don't know if they're still pushing because I keep seeing rumors about it that part of the reason that apparently they want to is so they don't have to keep dumping the holy shit chance from the crowd. <laughs> like it's it's a lot of work. I mean, let's be honest. Like you gotta pay you had to pay the censor guy overtime because he's yeah. working so hard to get the holy shit chance out. And then Brock Lesnar drops one as well when he shows up. You know, I, it's just it's just the whole thing. I think the Matt Cardona conversation or any indie, independent wrestler that's on top is very interesting to me. I think con- that this conversation is interesting because I'm I- I'm telling you, if I was a pro wrestler and I'm trying to get to AEW, WWE, if, if, uh, if I can't get to one of those, I'd be so comfortable in on the indies. As long as I know how much money I'm going to get because it's whatever the shady envelope is in some places and trans uh, in a nice hotel, I'm fine. I'll name when I can work on Fridays and Saturdays. Meanwhile, you're in the WWE, you might get paid, but how many people still from the Vince era are not happy being there? There are people bellyaching AEW. They work once every two weeks. <laughs> they're, they're, the people in the 80s are mad at the people in 2022 because they're like, wait, you wrestle once every two weeks and you're bitching? I wish I could wrestle once every two weeks because back then you wrestled every night. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it does come down to what's important to Cardona. Because if Cardona looks over at AEW right now and goes, damn, man, they can't even find time for FTR. Like, they can't find time for FTR. Do I really want to go there? And then he looks over and he starts seeing signing after signing after signing after signing in WWE. He's going, okay, if I show up there, am I just going to get lost in the shuffle? So, yeah, I, I certainly see the point you're making, 
Jay Hood about like, yeah, if you can just make your own schedule and be comfortable and be satisfied in, in the way you're over with indie crowds all over the country, yeah, that can be a very, very satisfying life for a pro wrestler. Well, I think the other thing also to consider, and he said he dreams of being WWE champion like every day, that WWE carrot is still so appealing. Like Johnny Gargano was on this show talking about it, talking about WrestleMania and uh, Cardona saying he wants to work a mania. He wants to wrestle the garden again. Like the appeal of the WWE is still there, obviously more so with no Vince now, but it's still that sort of carrot that everyone's chasing in the wrestling world. I get it. I, I understand it. But I think from Cardona, he's had a nice living, you know, being his bell collector Listen, I know it's not like I'm watching all of his matches, but I follow him on, on Twitter. I see what he's doing. No, he has all you know, he has these battles and these, you know, on weekends doing ind- indies. And I think he's he's doing fine because he seems happy. He was yeah. in nine years in the WWE as someone who's trying to be like one of the edge characters, and then he became Zack Ryder, you know, and then it's like he gets the championship. It wasn't the next day after that ladder match. Did he lose the Intercontinental Championship or something? Like the very yeah. next day. Yeah, like, like I think he won the ladder match in the other next day. Yeah, yeah, just you know, I don't know. I just I, I like that idea of naming your own schedule. You know, instead of having the McDonald's schedule of AEW and working, you know, <laughs> once every couple of weeks, maybe you know that's tough. Brian, we move on. It's an extended version, but what do we have in news and notes? All right, we'll start. We mentioned earlier, John Moxley has agreed to a five-year extension with AEW. His expanded role will also include mentoring and coaching. And also, we saw last night, his wife, Renee Paquette, also now All Elite. Uh, he did an interview kind of explaining the whole thing with Sports Illustrated. I highly recommend going reading that for any fan out there of AEW, John Moxley, or just wrestling. I think seems like he's in a really good place right now, um, almost a year out of, of having to go to rehab. Uh, around this time. I think it was actually November of last year. And it seems like he's in a really good headspace and he's really good spot right now. Um, and just absolutely loves what he's doing in AEW. And it's the backbone for a company that right now is outwardly looking very unstable. Locking up John Moxley to a five-year contract is a big step in going, Hey, we're going to recreate the stability we had six months ago. This has Kurt Angle TNA vibes to me in that, Kurt had some great matches in WWE, but, you know, when you really look at his career, go to cage match, bro, it's when you get a chance. Look how many great matches that Kurt Angle had in TNA to the point where you kind of look at Kurt as like, was Kurt really more of a TNA guy than a WWE guy based on how many great matches he had? Uh, I got to see the same thing for Moxley. Moxley is carving out his own niche in AEW. I'm happy for him. You know, Gabe laid it out like there's a lot of things that he was going through, and the company is going to put the uh, – He's going to put the championship and put the, the whole thing on his back, and he could be a mentor too. So that tells me that he's going to be with the company for quite some time. Wouldn't be surprised if after the five years he could hang it up and just continue to be an AEW guy as long as the company is viable. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, we t- Talking about TV ratings, the first two episodes of Women of Wrestling, which is on syndication, that's Jenny Buss and AJ Lee's uh, company. First two ratings are out. The first episode drew 281,000. The second, 273,000. For comparison's sakes, last week, uh, your show, uh, Jay Hood, Impact, they had 89,000. This show also outdrew New Japan. So, good start. <laughs> well, y- y- you know... That's a shame for Impact Wrestling. That's a, I mean, I, I mean, hey, Ted, 
Ted's putting, put, making a very interesting point in the comments right now. It's going to be a short night for you because yeah. you're going to have to catch up on the Bears after you watch TNA, and then you've got the morning show on ESPN 1000. Like, it's, it's a big night for you, Jay Hood. <laughs> Not sure if TNA is going to make it. Not sure if the Bears are going to make it, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if they're going to make it. I'm so into this show. I don't think I want to leave. <laughs> Not that I want to give you a topic for your morning show, but what's tougher to watch, the Bears or TNA? Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh, that's a photo finish there. That's tough, <laughs> that's tough Gabe. Um, damn it. I, I, I'm going to say TNA. I'll just okay. Because at least with a Bears game, you see fans. And, <laughs> okay, and, that's fair. And ambiance and action. Um, and with TNA, Maybe the other team's good. Yeah, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to. I'm sure the men and women in TNA are, are, are impact wrestling. They are working hard. It's just that the the way it's run, it's run like a double A baseball team. That that's the problem. And actually, that's a quote from someone who works in the company. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's not. I, I wish I could tell you that's my Woody line. That's actually for someone from the company uh, said that it's run like a double A baseball team. And so I, nothing against Moose and all those people that's working hard. It's just that it's just. I mean, you're talking about flies. That's the audience you just told me on uh, Access yep. TV. I do have women of wrestling on the DVR. Same I here. Just, so I, I mean, but it's a Saturday night. It's on the oh, so here in Florida, I stumbled upon it. It's a Saturday at like noon, where literally, like, I'm going through seeing, like, okay, what college football games are on TV, and then I saw it was there. So it's like earlier in the day, Saturday down here in Florida. I mean, look, if to get two hundred, to get two hundred fifty plus for your first yeah. two shows when it is a syndicated show and you have no idea when it's actually going to be airing in your local market. Good for them. Like, look, I am rooting for every wrestling company, despite the conversation we just had about impact and making fun of it. I am rooting for every wrestling company out there because the more options that these performers have, the better it is overall for the sport that we absolutely love. Yep. Yeah. I, um, yeah, that, I, that is a Saturday at six, according to my, uh, okay. cable listing here. So again, we want you to support them because, uh, if it's got Jeannie Buss, if she's part of it, I, you mentioned she's one of the owners. Yeah, it's worth watching. It's um, it's interesting. Yeah, so that's and by the way, that is better TV than Impact. There's a CW network. You'll take that no matter what yeah, time it is. Right? It's actually mm-hmm. in houses. Yeah, Access doesn't quite have that. And then finally, in news and notes, a couple of pre- premium live events this past week: Battle of the Belts Four late night on Friday, and Extreme Rules took place on Saturday. Uh, Extreme Rules was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching Extreme Rules on on Saturday night. It started with an absolute banger. And, you know, it's it's a shame because Trips did this to himself, and I understand maybe he's saving it for tomorrow night. But the biggest thing that happened there was the debut of Bray Wyatt. And they did some tease things on Raw, but I was expecting a little bit more. Even if Bray is going to be an exclusive to SmackDown going forward, as if that's still a thing in WWE, the way that Roman and the Bloodline bounce back and forth. But if he's just going to be exclusive to SmackDown, fine. But you can still put him on Raw. You can put him on that. You know, I think there were so many people who were tuning into Raw on Monday night, and all they got was another QR code, a couple more hints um, at what maybe Bray Wyatt is going to be in in this run of the WWE. But I thought the way that they handled his debut was pretty cool. Because I thought for a split second, because it's the first time I remember this happening in a long time, 
when they put that trademark down on the bottom of the screen, you're going, show's over. They didn't even debut Bray? Like, I can't believe that Bray didn't debut. Like, I'm actually getting mad for that, like, second and a half before the lights go out. And then the place goes nuts. It was – I thought it was well done. Well, that I saw on Twitter people pointing out, like, that's a Triple H trick where, remember, when uh, Ciampa turned on Gargano, it was the same thing in NXT. Like, they're raising their hands, the trademark's there, show's over, and then you have the big heel turn there. But I will tell you, and Gabe knows what I'm talking about because we're both play-by-play guys – you got to do more of a head and shoulders fake if you're Michael Cole. And Cole was excellent, by the way. And make sure that you clip that because you'll never hear me say that very often. But Michael Cole was was terrific. But, Gabe, you know as an as announcer, it's kind of like, hey, thanks for watching Extreme Rules. So long, everybody. And, like, then the trademark, it's like, oh, the show's over. And all of a sudden here, he didn't do that. It was kind of like the match, the lights went out. Hey, are we still on the air, guys? Or like, okay. We know, yes, you're still on the air. You know why? <laughs> because your freaking monitor has you still on the air. Like, don't do that. Just do the old sign-off. Thanks for watching Extreme Rules from Philadelphia, as he said. From Philadelphia. So long, everybody. And then just and then just drop the head. Don't say anything, right? And just – I think that that was a little hokey at the end. But still, I, I like the event for sure. Yeah, I think Saturday was fun. Friday felt like they forgot they had a battle of the belts to book. And they're like, oh, that, that's happening tonight? Like, yeah, let's just throw out these matches. And, oh, hey, FTR wants to well, work. Let's put them in a match. Yeah, yeah, they, they finally put FTR in a match. They had to scramble a little bit with Pac, who ended up going double duty, defending both the Trios Championship, and then he defends the All-Atlantic Championship in back-to-back shows. Again, part of, part of, partially because Andrade had to get sent be sent home last week. So, um, yeah, Battle of the Belts was just really forgettable. And I think that they just kind of decided, well, Rampage is already on at 10 Eastern. <laughs> if we're putting this on at 11 Eastern, do we really care? And they just kind of threw out whatever they wanted to throw out. And I completely forgot that Nyla Rose just stole the belt until she showed up last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. She wasn't even in. She wasn't even involved in the match. Just came at the end. Just literally stole the belt and ran away. That's just yeah. That, all the momentum of Willow and uh, you know any chance she have of being a legit contender. Yeah, that's yeah. a shame. That's. That was, I mean, we, we talked her up so much. <laughs> we were so excited. I like Willow. Um, we should have known better. Yeah. She, that was a blank measuring contest by Tony Khan last weekend. That's what that was. Oh, last Friday, you didn't. You'd have to do battle of the belts. You didn't have to have an extra hour there. You didn't have to do that. I mean, it because yeah. you know why? And and for those that watch wrestling for a long time, the Saturday night main events, the Clash of the Champions, those if you're gonna do those, those have to be special. That looked like yes. an extension of Rampage. It didn't feel different. It was kind of like well, here's Rampage, go to black, come back. Hey, it's battle of the belts. Oh, <laughs> is it? It was like hey. It's Battle of the Belts. Hi, everybody. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, that was just weird the way they did that. You didn't, they did not have to do that. If you're going to do those specials, make them look good. Um, so, I, I, there was a match I liked on Battle of the Belts. But again, when you start going deeper into the night on a bad TV night on Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern, yep. that's tough. That's tough if you're trying to retain an audience. So, um, uh, what was your favorite match at Extreme Rules? Uh, the opener, Imperium versus the the Brutes. Like it just set the tone for the night. It was fantastic. That was that was my favorite match of. The, but surprisingly enough, that was not my favorite match of the entire week. But my favorite match of the week was SmackDown Sheamus versus Gunther. Like that thing 
I like it, it, it just kind of set the tone for what was going to happen the next night. And it, and it set a bar pretty high and the, the, the good old fashioned Donnie Brook match, it, it delivered, it delivered. It was fun. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I just wish Pat McAfee would have been on the call. For um, me, I enjoyed pretty much the whole show except the SmackDown women's title. Um, but like, to me, like I really enjoyed the latter match, like Bianca and Bailey, like I thought delivered, like, Coming in, you know, we talked about it. I thought they should have main evented, and the two of them really tore the place down. I agree with you, Gabe. Wasn't my match of the week, though. I'd go Jungle Boy Luchasaurus. But Saturday as a whole, Extreme Rules, like, it was a really solid card. Yeah, this is without the heavyweight champion being there, too. And right. We, we previewed it. I mean, it's it's a premium live event. It is uh, It's an event with uh, – it's a house show with cameras. That's what yep. a premium live event is. and But uh, you know what? Had no complaints except the match you just mentioned. Like, that was just sloppy. Man, was All right, I mean, man, Liv Morgan doesn't have the championship, and that's a win for me. That's, that's I mean, that's – you tried, and yeah. it just – it wasn't over. And it's not to say that Ronda Rousey is a smooth – you know what's funny about Ronda Rousey? So, in a city like Philadelphia, you would think you'd get some kind of reaction. Either you suck or even though your heel will cheer you, there's, do you guys, is it my TV or is there a difference when Ronda Rousey comes out? Like, it, you you think uh, one way or the other, like, she's got the kilt on like a Rowdy Roddy Piper and she's a badass and she sneers at people. Heel or babyface, there's no reaction, which is the worst to me. No, there because is no reaction at all. She's done it to herself, though. Like, I, I feel there'd be a reaction if she were to go up against one of the four horsewomen. Like, obviously, there's still, I think, a feud that needs to be completed there with Becky Lynch whenever Becky gets healthy. But she kind of did it to herself the way she like went after wrestling fans and then tried to pretend she was working. But it was obvious that wrestling fans, when they turned on her her first time around with WWE, really affected her. She didn't think that was going to happen. But I mean. Wrestling fan, hey, the, the one thing, hey, we're loyal to the product. We're going to watch, but we're fickle, man. We are a fickle group. We will turn on you like that if we don't like something we see. So now she's going to reach this point where some people haven't forgiven her for that maybe, but she's still kind of an attraction. So you just kind of get this muddled mess, and it's not really – nobody knows what to do when she comes out. Well, I think part of the issue also, like, I don't even consider her an attraction anymore. Like, she's years removed from being a dominant UFC fighter remember like the way she went out to the ufc was getting knocked out time and time again like we're years removed from that where like i don't even think she's that marquee name that she was when she showed up at the rumble so yeah she just sorted down the middle but the other side of that it looks like Liv at least is getting a character change she's doing the whole dark thing there's rumors of her being part of bray's group so maybe there's something there moving out of this for Liv. that's a big bold statement you said about ronda rousey that's, that's i mean that's you're saying I mean, that she's not an, an attraction to watch on TV. That's now I I say that she there there's indifference, which is the death. That's really the death of wrestling. If no, if you can't get emotion out of me as a wrestling fan, and I and I see you come to ringside and you're just there, that's bad. But you're saying she's not even an attraction. I wonder what her merch is like then in that regard. Yeah, I I think overall, like I think always to like that casual fan, that person watching Good Morning America, like if she's on, what percentage of people are like? Oh yeah, I know who that is. That's that's fair. I mean, yeah, it's anybody. She went. She's the champion. So this is. Does she go on a heel run now? 
Like what? What happens with Ronda? I'm not sure. She's a heel. She's been a heel when she's Logan Paul's a heel, and she's a heel. Like let them just be an extension of themselves. She doesn't. But there's like no us. other women on SmackDown right now, which is the issue. Like who's well, challenging her? Look, Ronda Rousey thinks we're a holes. All right, so because we're wrestling fans. All right, so mm-hmm. let her. I mean, Vince didn't get it. That's one of Vin, one of the many misses of Vince. Like you made her smile, and it was fake. <laughs> and she's and then away from it when she's in the press, she talks about how wrestling fans diss her on social media and all this stuff. If she's a heel, let her be a heel. I have no problem with that. It just I just want somebody to care. I don't think a lot of people care. Yeah, that's that's geez, that, that that's a very bad review of Veronda Rousey, especially like especially that that women's that SmackDown women's roster. It's a hundred percent. You're hundred percent right, Brian. Like it is, it is bare right now it does not look good which again makes me think that the roster divide is not an actual you know (laughs) thing right now in the wwe uh what was your match of the week so i said mine was smacked i go back to smackdown last week and i say it was uh gunther versus sheamus for the intercontinental championship uh brian what did you say yours was uh jungle boy and luchasaurus from last night i think it was good that you know just let them open let them get that spot i thought that was a fun match between those two I say I agree with both of you, actually. I have Sheamus and Gunther uh, written down. I guess they had that match because it was the premier night for SmackDown. I guess yeah. that's why it was on. Because I'm like, you see, you've seen this match twice now. It's like, man, Sheamus is fighting from underneath. He's not going to win it tonight either. So, so what is he going to win the championship? Like, how many times does he have to get his ass whooped and lose? <laughs> like against Gunther? <laughs> it's happened twice now. Uh, Orange and Pac, I thought that was a really uh, solid match. Pac, the way that he bends his and contorts his body when he gets clothesline or what, like he is, what is his spine made of? Like rubber band? That I mean, he takes a beating and he bleeds a lot too. By the way, yeah, <laughs> very sneaky. Yes. From his ear last night. It was the ear now? It's the head. Pac is jealous. It's weird. Mox is going to ask him, hey, man, how'd you do that? Look, that looked cool. I got to do that next week. I got a championship match against Hangman. I need to – my wife's going to yell at me if I come home with another cut on my forehead. But in my ear, that's a different story. Moxley walks up to him at the, in the locker room. Hey, man, how'd you do that? I just, uh, just did my ear, man. You know, oh, cool. Oh, you give it your ear? Awesome. I'll do that next week. Uh, and Bianca and Bailey was my favorite match at uh, Extreme. It was – it did a lot for it did a lot for Bianca, quite frankly. Yep. The 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 KOD with Bailey hanging on to like the broken piece of ladder was on top of that, also doing the double KOD to the other members of damage control. Yes, Bianca, she's a superhuman, man. Like she yep. she is awesome. And I I I was firmly in the camp, and I still believe this that Bailey probably should have won that match. But in the moment, I was cool with it because of all the things Bianca did in that match. Like, yeah, she should probably go over. I'm not sure what you do with damage control now going forward. But, yeah, Bianca was without a doubt one of the stars of Saturday night. Yeah, for, for Bianca, it was great because here's the one thing we know about her. She is a locked-in, 100% baby face. So, yeah, oh, yeah. so that's why she remains a champion because little girls love her and guys want to be with her. So I think that that – that works out for her as champion. Which I think is also impressive. We've mentioned they have an issue creating baby faces. Like they're fine creating heels, but the baby faces, things just don't stick. And she's that. Like she is a clean cut baby face and she's completely over and she continues to show why. 
how how Despite- great how great has this episode been on a light week for wrestling? I mean, it's a lot of events, but not a lot of, like not not a lot of newsworthy things. But, just, but there's always something, right? Oh, yeah. Here we are, hour five plus in. We still have plenty of things. Again, that's the world of professional wrestling, and it's only going to continue to ramp up because we still have a lot of questions. We'll get more Bray Wyatt tomorrow night. I'm sure we'll talk more Bray Wyatt next week here on GKW. Of course, uh, it's it's going to be interesting next week because we're going to have shows on Tuesday. You're going to have Dynamite being moved from a Wednesday to a Tuesday. So a lot of things to uh, talk about, see how the ratings for you know Dynamite do against NXT. You're going to have a Tuesday highest night. ratings in a year, over 700,000 uh, this past Tuesday, or Tuesday previously. Folks, before we sign off, Michael Cole, take notes. This is how you do it. This is how you do it, pal. <laughs> before we sign off, all right, Gabe. So Brian's got to watch NXT. You have I have watch. it on. I've gotten to that point. I think over the last month, month and a half, I have it on in the office. I don't know if I'm watching, watching, but <laughs> they've done enough to make me keep the TV on. Well, we got to do side by side comparison. And, you know, Gabe and I, we have it in our deal. We don't watch NXT. Um, yeah. But so you're going to have to. So, so we want a, because you know what's going to happen? It's, it's going Halloween to be, Havoc, though. It's a big night. There are going to be main roster people on that show, I'm sure. Without so, a doubt. So you. I, uh, so listen, while Gabe and I take care of AW, <laughs> you've got NXT duty. Uh. <laughs> 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 so, so you go ahead. All right. Because we, we won't watch it. Gabe and I are busy. No. We don't have time, but you watch it. There you go. That's that's all on you, Brian. And especially now that the Good Brothers are back in WWE, you don't have as many you know barn matches that you have to watch from the state of Iowa. So you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You've got plenty of time. Man, I have no doubt. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Again, we'll have plenty to talk about next week because it's professional wrestling. There's always plenty to cover, and we're going to talk about it next week right here on GKW. Nah, the bear.